Welcome to issue two uh, of Dad's Got Issues podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Charlie. And this is the other half of the DGI duo, Mark. Welcome back to our listeners and welcome to our newest members of the DGI multiverse. Yeah, so uh, we're going to do, we're going to just kick things right off uh, with uh, the Around the Multiverse uh, segment of our show, which is just us covering uh, current events. So uh, some of the things we're going to go over, uh, we're going to talk about some comics today. Uh, Joker War number one, uh, Dark Knight's... uh, Death Metal number two, uh, Amazing Spider-Man, Sin's Rising Prelude, and uh, Mighty Morphin number one is going to tease a new Green Ranger, which is going to be in November. Yes, November releases. So these are all comics that either came out this week or things that were announced as a part of San Diego Comic-Con, or at least the hype leading up to it. Like Charlie uh, mentioned, Mighty Morphin number one releases in November, and this week with San Diego, they teased the new Green Ranger to replace Tommy um, as a Power Ranger fan, how do you feel about that? I'm I'm fine with it. Like, well, they're do, they're doing two different Power Ranger stories, so they're yes. going to do Mighty Morphin and Power Rangers just to confuse everybody, of yeah. course. But uh, you know what? I don't have a problem with it. I'm I am curious though who they're going to pick to be the Green Ranger because Tommy is staying on as the White Ranger. Uh, yes. So uh, I'm very curious to see. Who it is. I want to know, is it a character that has been part of the story already? Or is it, you know, that's been a ranger or been a villain or something? Or if it's somebody... Brand new. Brand new, yeah. Um, yeah, so like uh, Charlie mentioned, Joker War number... Um, not necessarily Joker War number one, but I think it's Batman 50 or 97. W- which number? For Joker on? War? Yeah. is 95. Yeah, Batman 95. We're going to go... Part one. We're going to go over that in our... Um, Hot off the press uh, segment today. Um, Dark Knight's Metal 2 released. I read it. Uh, pretty good. Uh, Snyder's developing his own little universe over there, and uh, he's not leaning too heavily into canon with a lot of stuff. I mean, he is, but he isn't. But So I have no qualms with what he's doing there. Um, as far as movies go, uh, old, the old guard um, has been consistently in the top five for Netflix the last couple of uh, Weeks, uh, we noticed that as we were talking about different things. Um, Halloween Kills gets delayed, but uh, releases a series teaser trailer um, that shows some uh, paramedics, firefighters, and things like that rushing back to Lori's house where they had trapped Michael and we were hoping to finish him off. Uh, it's funny because my mom's a big Halloween fan. Like, that was her horror movie uh, growing up. And she actually, we went up to the Poconos this weekend for vacation. We sat down one night with everybody and watched the last one that just came out. And she was really into it. She actually really enjoyed it. Most of the, the newer stuff she hasn't been a fan of, but she said it was a pretty good movie um, nice. to, to playing to what the originals brought. I mean, Danny McBride's doing a tremendous job. It's funny to think like him <laughs> and uh, what's his name from Keen, uh, Keen Peel. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh... It's uh, is it Jordan Peele? Yeah, he yeah. you know make these funny guys that have such a great appreciation for horror and the genre are just absolutely killing it lately. Right. Um, as far as uh, TV goes, uh, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina canceled on Netflix, which was surprising because it was supposed to I think I don't know if they're on season four, or season five, but the 
I guess a director or a writer or one of them came out and said, you know, they were planning on, you know, eventually merging with Riverdale and doing like a crossover type special thing. Hopefully Netflix still lets them do that. Or maybe CW picks up. I, I personally, I enjoyed the Sabrina show. Yeah. Um, it's, it's pretty spot on to what the comics are. So, well, and it's one of those shows that, you know, I'm kind of shocked that it's getting, getting canceled for, for Netflix considering it's one of the more I'm, popular shows. I'm, I'm almost wondering if it's one of those cancel and, shift shows like you know marvel took all their characters away from netflix with hbo max coming in the play cw shows showing on there maybe you get to see a little bit more of sabrina down the line at some point maybe she shows up on riverdale on cw who knows yeah. um disney announces bad batch series for disney plus i'll let charlie yeah. talk about that uh, yeah i'm dude i'm i'm stoked about that it's it's gonna be one of those things where because they introduced the bad batch during uh this pre this last season of clone wars and so what you're getting is you're getting all these um uh, undesirable clones right they, yeah. then uh they all have their unique skill set and uh yeah man it's it's gonna be something that it's gonna it's just adding one more layer to an already awesome uh universe with now is this animated or it's gonna be animated just like the clone wars uh and um well that's been extremely popular for them so it doesn't make sense to change it up and go live action well the one thing that i'm i'm curious about though is and and i just haven't seen enough yet uh is is it going to be bad batch leading up to clone you know what we've seen them in clone wars or if it's going to be a continuation on that story um that also includes uh former clone trooper fives uh as part of their team yeah um lucifer gets a trailer drop for season five um that's another show you know kind of back from the dead super popular on netflix um also in the dc universe um it's supposed to end i believe after season six i don't hold me that it may this may be the final season but i i'm pretty sure it got renewed for another one um I for, forgive me for not knowing the guy who plays Lucifer, but he's great. You know, yeah. I, I keep trying to restart it and go all the way from the beginning to the end. And, you know, I, I just, I get like four or five episodes in and I just, you know, end up finding something brand new to watch. And then, I, you know, I move on. Um, speaking of DC universe, we spoke about that last time, whether, you know, star girl moving full time to CW and, you know, so on and so forth was kind of signaling the, the, the death of the, the app, but uh, they're ending their yearly subs, um, which I was a participant in because that saves you. I mean, you were saving like four, like three or four bucks a, a month essentially. And um, luckily for me, I mine renewed in March. So if they plan on dropping it within 2021 at some point, I'll just you know I only have a couple months of where I'm paying really full price for it. All right. Well, how, I mean, how do you feel about them? Like, do you think that this is just one more sign for DC? Oh, yeah, 100%. But I don't mind it. Uh, I have HBO Max. If they're just going to push everything over to HBO Max. Um, There's a lot of talks about the DC Universe turning into what uh, Marvel's online comic uh, resource is, where it's just all the comic books, which is cool if you like digital. Um, If if you want to check out a series that maybe you're like, oh, I don't know if I want to buy that single issue, like you can do it that way. But I, I can tell you this, I haven't read a single comic on DC universe. I actually use it for the animated shows and the, and the, the movie drops and things like that. But like, we're going to go over justice league, um, dark apocalypse war today, um, in depth. And, you know, we were talking, it doesn't come out on the network till, or the universe until next month. And it's right. been out on DVD for two months at that point. It was easier just to run it through Amazon and, you know, I'll pay the price because I want I want I wanted to watch it, and next, you know, it is a very good show, a movie, and we'll get into that. Um, 
also uh, Matt Reeves' Bat Verse is getting Gotham series coming to HBO Max. Speaking of HBO Max, um, so whether we like the Battison universe or not, apparently we're going to get a heavy dose of it within the next couple of years. Um, I like Matt Reeves. I think he's a tremendous director. So hopefully he gives us something. Um, it kind of sucks for the people that enjoyed Gotham on Fox mm-hmm. because, but I, I'm I'm definitely more interested in a less serious, like a more serious, in depth look into the GCPD or into Gotham in general, their politics and things like that. Prior to like, what got us to the point that they needed a, a guy running around dressed in a rubber bat suit, right, um, to save them? Yeah. Um, and then uh, we got uh, some toys and collectibles coming out. Uh, so uh, Transformers keeping up with their theme of uh, crossovers. Uh, so they've got a uh, Top Gun-inspired uh, uh, Transformer coming out named Maverick, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, that that's going to be something. Because they did one with uh, Back to the Future that was uh, yeah. Gigawatt. And then uh, there was the Ecto-1. Yeah, uh, so do you think that they were trying to line this up because aren't we're getting another top gun movie right yeah wasn't it the idea to line do you think that was probably the idea but obviously with theaters being i mean everything's getting kicked back tenet wonder woman every everything's been pushed back tenet got pushed back a whole year and it's starting to look like anything coming out after august is 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 now getting your 2021 releases well i think part of it is that but i think also like look at the look at the properties right transformers that's that's an 80s you know early 90s kids thing yeah um Top Gun, Ghostbusters, Back to the Future, yeah. all 80, 90 kid things, right? So um, I think I don't think we're going to see, you know, crossovers for things. Uh, I'm trying to think of, like, another movie. Like Terminator. Uh, yeah. Because they're doing the Transformers vs. Terminator comic right now. I think right. it's on issue three or four. Right. <clears throat> but I don't think we're going to get, like, we're not going to get... Um, I'm trying to think of something that we're not going to get a Hey Arnold, <laughs> yeah. you know, Transformers thing. Like, cause it's just, it's, it's not, it just doesn't fit the mold, but, um, that's pretty cool that that's coming out. Uh, and then, uh, we see that, uh, CGC is, uh, offering grading for cards now, yeah. which is, which is good. Uh, what's well, one more thing that you can send through them. Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's a huge market. Um, I'm not a real big, you know, sports card or, you know, I know there's a lot of movie cards, wrestling cards are huge. And a couple of the, like, the little wrestling collectible groups that I'm in. Um, I think cards, I, I mean, it, it's very similar to comics. When people talk, they're like, oh, there, there's no money. No, there is. I mean, there's cards that are selling for 15, 20 grand from packs that you can go into the store today and buy. You know, you know, Patrick Mahomes' rookie card went for like a 25 grand at like a 9.8 or something like that. But CGC dipping their toes in the cards now is just they're kind of the monopoly of comic grading. I mean, obviously you have um, CBCS, but people, people, they, they turn their nose up to CBC. My big thing is, is I don't like the CGC doesn't let, let you posthumously send in comics that are signed and, and just have somebody on staff to verify right. that that's a legitimate signature. I mean, you're a company that charges all that money to have your books graded. You think you would have an authenticator on, on staff that says, yeah, this is authentic or no, that's not authentic. So, I mean, <clears throat> one of the things though, to think about, you know, maybe this is for a discussion down the road is just grading in general, you know, is it worth it? Is it worth the investment? Cause some people swear by it and others don't. Yeah, I, mean, um, I buy, I buy comics old, new, whatever. And you know, I've, you know, a good friend of mine, Stephen, who, you know, he, he loves sending his stuff in to be great. Cause he, he likes to, to preserve it. He likes to know that it, it, that it, 
what its actual worth is because obviously you put the number on it. Um, I'm just not a I'm not a big fan of that. I mean, to be honest with you, you're gonna probably lose about two three hundred bucks on like a really really good book if it's not graded. But I have no intentions of selling anything anytime soon, minus any such sort of like hard times that we come on. You know, obviously the first things to go will be collectibles and things, but. I have no interest in sending my stuff, especially if it's a book I've been like dying to have in my collection or in my possession. And then I'm going to send it away for three months and then get it back or potentially with a crap score that I just paid a hundred bucks for. I'm like, nah, I'm good. Right. Well, and you know, like I, I think about like the stuff, you know, that everything in this room right now, because we're recording here at my place today and everything that's in here, right. This, most of it's out of the box, right. Yeah. For, for the most part. And, you know what? My boys are going to inherit it. Like it doesn't need to be in, in, you know, encased in uh, yeah, and, and plastic. And my daughter's already getting to the point now where it's tough. Like when you take her down into the cave and be like, Oh, don't touch that. Don't. So I give her like a shelf and I'll, I'll occasionally I'll add some stuff to it. I'm like, all right, you know, I'm okay if she touches this or plays with this or whatever. But like, you know, we found out last week that we we're going to have our, you know, our first boy. I know, man. Congratulations you know, on that too. So there's going to be, I mean, there's, it's going to be an uphill battle with that. I mean, I, I see your boys <laughs> down here running around before we got set up, but you know, it's, it's one of those things that like, I, I wish I had all my stuff from when I was a kid. Unfortunately, it was stolen out of our storage unit at some point, whether it was stolen or, you know, dad was <laughs> a month or two behind and they saw some value there. But <laughs> My thing is, is I wish I had all those toys still. I mean, my nephews had figures and things, but nothing like what I, you know, what I had growing up. I wish I still had those things because I would, I would 100% bring them in, disinfect them now and throw them down there and, you know, just wait for him to have his, his time. But my daughter has grown up, unfortunately, in a very superhero centric household. So all her toys are, are, are unisex. I mean, she has a bunch of, you know, she's got her Barbies and, you know, dolls and castles and all that stuff, but she's got... I mean, that for a little girl, she's got way more boy toys than, you know, most girls her age right. have. Um, but, uh, yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm excited about that. It was, it's big news. I was super pumped. Well, speaking uh, of girls, let's, let's go ahead and jump into yeah. uh, Wonder Woman 84. Yep, Zale's jewelry release, yeah. um, which is cool. Once again, another product probably lined up with a movie release, but <laughs> unfortunately, the movie's getting pushed back. But you know, retailers aren't going to push back the product line. Uh, I think it's cool. I, I might grab something for my daughter for when she's a little bit older. Um, but like you said, I think I think it's cool that you know Warner Brothers is taking full tilt on Wonder Woman, where you know it's taking a little while. Marvel's definitely highlighting their female characters more now. But you know, obviously, I can the one thing I can say is a DC, you know film universe fan is that they kicked off that whole you know women and as a lead and giving them their own movies and things like that yeah um but uh yeah i mean other than that um as far as current events goes um that's pretty much the yeah. things that we wanted to talk about i mean there's there's a ton of stuff going on with san diego comic-con lots of sh you know they haven't really talked a lot about shows or you know if Lots See, of stuff's getting canceled anyway. Yeah, yeah, and they're not and they're not really giving a lot away because they want to wait and see and um, so on and so forth. DC has their fandom event coming up where I would assume you're going to see a lot more um, announcements, things like that from them. You know, uh, Disney has D23 coming up later in the year, so you'll get a lot more there. Um, but other than that, I mean, that's pretty much our our current events so we're gonna move on we're gonna go hot off the press and we're gonna dive right in the joker war yeah, um, let's part do it. one batman 95 
uh, written by James uh, Tywin, if I'm pronouncing that wrong. Uh, I Sorry. think it's Tinian. Or Tinian. Tinian. Uh, the fourth, uh, drawn by uh, Jorge Jimenez and colored by Tomu, Tomu Mori mm-hmm. and lettered by Clayton Cowles. Um, so just some of my pre-read thoughts, because obviously I read, I read the Batman book. I've read it every one since one for Rebirth. Um, James is doing a really good job of tying up a lot of the loose ends that was left behind by King. Not really his fault. He, you know, I've, I've spoken to Tom at, you know, conventions, signings at Third Eye, things like that. Um, really nice guy. I uh, spoke with him also at um, DC and DC two years ago. We got a little bit more time, like, there wasn't as long of a line, so we got to actually speak with him. And obviously, he recognized me. And Steve, we every time he does a signing, we we usually go and get something signed. Um, but you know, speaking with him, he he wholeheartedly thought he was getting his hundred issues. And you know, I I guess they weren't satisfied with the way the wedding you know planned out for DC. You know, the backlash he got. I mean, it was terrible to hear that he had to hire private security because people were sending him death threats. Yeah, and, it's ridiculous. You it's, know, it's a story, man. Like, yeah, it's, it's not just, the big. Yeah, thing. it's not that. I mean, as somebody who you know is a lifelong you know Batman guy, like super fan, like I, I don't get that bent out of shape. But I also, as being a super fan, realize that Batman can't get married. Like, it's he can't be happy. There is no. I mean, last time you had a happy Batman was like the '60s, early '50s. Like it doesn't work that well, way. Well, so that's what we're getting into with the story, though, right? And yeah. and you know, we'll we'll get into it. Well, I'll, I'll let you finish your thoughts, yeah. and then we'll talk about Happy um, Batman. Yeah, and like I said, you know, he he's doing a really good job of of tying up the loose ends that DC left behind with Tom's early departure. And like I said, I'm a big Tom King Batman fan. I enjoyed his arc. I thought when the wedding went sideways and he pivoted to Flashpoint slash Bane, uh, City of Bane arc, that was great as well. Um, James has done a really good job of doing what he did with Detective when he did the um, Victim Syndicate. Um, when he did Detective, he, he introduced this brand new you know group of villains for Batman and it was a really compelling storyline. It did a really good job of bringing the Bat family together in Detective and pushing that team of Batwoman, you know, Duke and all the other people, you know, working together. Um, the death of Tim Drake and Resurrection. But um, he's doing the same thing with Batman, introducing Punchline. Um, and, you know, kudos to him for going to DC and be like, all right, look, you're going to put me on this book that you want to be turned around and be as popular as it has ever been. All right, you need to give me Joker. You need to let me do a proper Joker story, which they haven't done since uh, Death of the Family with Snyder and New 52. And, you know, doing the research for our spotlight issue, which uh, will drop on Thursday, um, for Joker, you know, he he doesn't have a lot of, like, main continuity, just, like, long-run stories where, like, there's all these tie-ins and all this other stuff. Like, so him, you know... James stepping into this this role of running the Batman series and saying, you know what, I need this. I like that. I like that he's doing it that way. Right. Um, uh, I'm enjoying how the one thing he is taking from King's run is the death of Alfred um, and s- still exploring how that's rippling through the, un- the Bat universe, so to speak. Um, it, it it's really lent to bring Batman down a notch or two um, while Joker war has ramped up, up to 95, but it's also now playing a part in 
all the decision making that's going forward. Like, you know, Lucius Fox gets kidnapped right. in ninety five and they're poking and prodding him and doing all the stuff they're doing and it's really showing the importance of having that guy who's just by himself where he's not in the public. Like Alfred was he was always the the guy in the shadows. He right. was the butler. Nobody expected him to be the, the 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 true sidekick to Batman. Right. Well this is the first time that, that Bruce is legitimately alone. Yes. In in, in his yeah. in his no, world. No Damien, no Dick, no Barbara, no nothing. Like there's nobody and he he's self isolated after all the stuff that happened with Alfred. Even like, you know, he he got back together with Catwoman and they were kind of still doing their thing, but it, he's, he's definitely went full lone wolf vigilante again, which is cool. Cause it's going to give you a darker Batman, which I think fans enjoy fans. Don't like, you know, you want to, we're going to talk about it, but we're talking about like a happy, like middle of the road. Like I'm content being a member of the justice league. Batman isn't a, isn't good for a solo run Batman. Right. It's just not. So, uh, for me, like this story, this Joker War story, this is the first thing Batman related that has actually piqued my interest yeah. in, in a while, right? And so, um, picking up, well, actually, before I picked up part one, I went and I, I read uh, 94 to, yeah. to kind of see where are we going with this. And yeah. uh, seeing, like, and, and knowing that, you know, the villains of Gotham yeah. are. are Freaked out by by everything that's going on to the point where they're like, nope, we're not even going to try. We're just going to go ahead. We're going to hunker down and we're going to wait for this all to happen. Yeah, and 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 then maybe we'll come out. Yeah, uh, I mean that that's that's kind of already setting the tone for for what's about to come because you're already dealing with with a maniac, right? Yeah. And, and now he has everything. Yeah, everything that Batman had, Joker has. Yeah, and and. <laughs> The big thing, too, you know, with with James, he's tying in, like, so you're going to get tie-ins in Batgirl, Nightwing, uh, I believe Red Hood, and um, Batgirl, Nightwing, Red Hood, and obviously Detective, well, I think it's is, is, is dabbling in it as well. But he's tying in, like, old stuff. So, you know, he... Uh, he has Penguin with his neck stitched up and bandaged up in, in 95. But that happened in Red Hood and Outlaws. So that's cool to see that he's he's not breaking continuity from even the tie-ins. Because a lot of main books do that in comics. Yeah. And James isn't, isn't allowing it to happen, which is cool. And like you said, you know, the villains <clears throat> realizing, like, Shit, Joker figured this out, or or finally Joker's done playing the game. He just wants to end it, right? And they're all sitting back, saying, "You know what? It's time to it's time to let this." Yeah, which uh, what is it? Is it is it the cool room? Yeah, or something like that. The the cold room, or some basically the little hideout. But it's like every every Gotham (laughs) villain uh, that you can think of. Yeah. Including Selina, she's there. Well, against you know, not because she wanted to go there. Yeah. That's where, like, everybody's... They, they essentially pulled her there. And yeah, but I think... So, like I said, there's a lot of... You know, we're going to dive into some post-read thoughts here. Um, but, you know, we... With her being there, there's a lot of there's a lot of things at play that I'm sure they're going to make it seem like Joker's accounted for it or whatever. But there's a lot of things in play right now within the series that you just don't know where it's going to head. Like, you know, Dick being brainwashed into thinking he's Joker's son and... 
um, in Nightwing and, you know, him fighting against Batman, you know, Barbara's chip being, you know, messed with and her, her basically being paralyzed again. That kind of puts her back in the role of Oracle, I think. And that's a role that Batman desperately needs. He needs somebody on the other end that can help him tactically think in situations that maybe they can't act on, kind of just similar to Alfred. Um, Obviously, there's Tim. Tim Drake's still out there. Um, Damien's still out there. Um, So there's two. Those are two. You have Duke. You have um, Orphan. You have... Kate Kane, you have you have all the detective run early run James characters that I think are going to come into play, and then obviously like you said you have Selena sitting with all the other villain, villains hidden away. There's a good probability that Selena is going to convince some of them to do the right thing and, and join in the fight against Joker. But um, like I said, you know those are all things that as I'm reading this, I'm like, you know what? There's a lot of foreshadowing here to people stepping in to help Batman and bringing him back out of his little funk, his little darkness. Um, Some of my post-read thoughts, um, Joker stealing all of Bruce's wealth and pitting his allies against him, either through force, Lucius Fox, you know, putting the pins in his head and forcing him to give codes and locations and things like that, or trickery with Catwoman and Nightwing, where, you know, um, what's the guy? Is it the dealer or whatever? The the, the money guy for all the villains. Yeah. Using him to set up Catwoman to, you know, she, she she was trying to do the right thing of put put all his wealth in my name. You know, I, I need all his money. I need to protect it. And then obviously she gets, it, it, it made it seem like she got shot. Yeah. And then she wakes up and she doesn't have anything like gunshot wounds. or maybe I, So I guess she just probably just got knocked out. Um, and then obviously Nightwing in his series, um, the mind crystal that the Court of Owls used on him during the year of villain run, Joker gets a hold of and then convinces him that he's the you know, um, that he's his son and that, you know, he raised him and all this other stuff and that, you know, all the stuff with Bruce never happened. Um, and then he attacks Nightwing ends up attacking Batgirl, which is the only continuity issue I'm having is I, and maybe it's just the order I read it, but you know, the most recent, um, issue of Nightwing, he takes out Batgirl on the roof and then in Batgirl, Joker takes Batgirl out on the roof. Um, on her, a roof in her city. So it, it just, that was the only thing. Um, and then obviously he takes out others, i.e. Batgirl. Um, and like I said, it's a, it's a good touch because all the players that have been consistent in, in Batman up to this point, he's he's taken out. So we're really, really pushing Bruce and Batman to his depths. We're taking his money away. We're taking his toys away. Like Batman has basically back to year one, version of himself of he's got to you know and he's got to dig deep and figure out how he's going to win this war right and that's and that's one of my thoughts too is you know he's he's batman right now he's one step behind right and it for i mean you can't blame him right i mean everything that's happened to him at this point you know it's it's weighing on him it's it's definitely taking him off his game and and i think that but i i think from a storytelling standpoint like that's that's great because i don't think you or i sitting here you know kind of knowing how comics work right batman wins this war yeah right and 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 if he doesn't it's a hell of a it's a hell of a bombshell that people i mean death isn't forever in comics we understand that but there has been a ton of talk about this um this 5g stuff which is apparently dead now at dc but like DC kind of wanted to move into a new territory of maybe new faces for similar titles, you know, 
but my thing is, is you know, if 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 you come to the if the end of this is the ultimate destruction of Bruce Wayne and Batman to you know somebody new to step into the cow, I think it's a cool cool way to go. A lot of people are, are really contentious; they don't like the idea of Bruce Wayne not being Batman. But then you, you know you got like you know the Batman Beyond run right now is really good. Terry McGinnis is great, right. but you know who's to say you know Damien? Like we said last week in Dead Planet, Damien is Batman is a cool avenue to explore. And and that's my thing with Damien too is you keep seeing these these whether it was through Apocalypse War or through Deceased or or whatever, and as Damien grows, he he takes on more of Bruce's yes. personality, right? There's still that, you know, a-hole that is Damien in yeah. there, but you start going, okay, uh, okay, I, I, I don't dislike you as much as I did before, yeah. and you are starting to come around. And to, to, to DC's credit, they're, they're, they're making Damien a more likable character. The, 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 more yes. that they, the more that they use him, the more you go, okay, I, I'm well, behind. He's, he's a character that's really, I mean, you know, Dick Grayson showed it through the years, like as he got older and got older, and then they introduced him in the Teen Titans, and he becomes Nightwing, and so on and so forth. So they showed his progress, his growth as a, as a, as a young ward to a, you know a young man to you know obviously a full grown man. They're doing the same thing with Damien, and I think they realized that they needed to do that in order to make him the next in line. Because you can say what you want, like yeah, Tim Drake, his run as Batman, people really enjoy him because he's the most well-rounded Robin, and he's a, he's a very popular Robin. Um, obviously, everybody loves, you know, Dick, and they yeah. think that he, you know, if there's somebody to take the mantle over, it should be him, especially with the, the age gap between him and Damien, which is fine. But when Damien's like 24, 25, and Bruce is either dead or too old to do this, and, you know, he's inherited the fortune in the business, like, yeah, it's time for Damien to step into this role. Well, it's, it, it's his it's his birthright, essentially. And But, but you know, Dick has, has established himself as Nightwing. He doesn't yeah. need the cow, no. right? I think Damien taking it on is actually a, a much smarter move yeah then and and let that happen you can always replace a robin as has been proven yeah right but you know the next batman should be somebody who dick is his own person he's not bruce and, yeah. and that uh, but but damien is more bruce than than dick will ever be yeah um i really enjoyed the art i mean like i said art art's major in comics oh, yeah. obviously um and i've i've enjoyed every bit of of James and um, where he's run so far. So I'm hoping that it continues down this path. Um, I know at some point, you know, they, they, they change in the midst of, of a run. They just randomly have a, a, an artist come in. I hope that doesn't happen, at least on Batman. Um, I'm not a big fan of detective comics, like, drawing right now but i can live with it i've 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 you know i i'm hoping maybe that's one where we get like a, a splash artist or something along those lines i know one thing that's creating a lot of controversy at least on social media was the suit on the upcoming variant cover that was featured for a panel or two in this issue and i'm assuming that was like the the you know the the happy days bat suit or something. I don't know. Like maybe that's what he, he wanted the, the, the imagery of Batman to be this bright shining night, you know, for the city. And, 
the people are like, oh, well, that was just a dream. It didn't actually happen. No, I think he just got knocked out. It happened. And it yeah, happened. It's there, yeah. and he just got one up, and they're like, all oh, this, and they kind of poke fun at it and say, you know, this is this what you re- this is what you envisioned for the future or something along those lines. But like, I dig it, man. Like, I, yeah. I I like the suit, and and the reason I like the suit is even though it's not traditional, like when I look at that suit. You know, and and I think about like the dialogue that's going on during this, and you know, like oh, you envision this future where you know Gotham is, you know, finally yeah. out of the darkness, and and but that's what this suit is. It's out of the darkness. It, it, it's yeah. it's 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 like Superman to Metropolis, right? It's a you beacon. See, you see it, and you're like you're inspired, right? Whereas this new suit, it's it's inspir- It's not meant to strike fear. Yeah. It's it's an inspiration to do more, to go above and beyond, and that's why I like it. I, yeah. I think the symbolism behind it's the suit. It, it's you're no longer the Dark Knight. You know, you are. Yeah, you're the, the Shining Knight. Right. Um, Punchline. Uh, she's growing on me. At first, I was like, ah, oh, this is just another throwaway character we're going to put in here eventually. You know, I think we've I, I think we've officially moved on from the Joker Harley. They have to be together to be successful. I think Harley's proven that over the last probably four or five years that she's immensely popular without being, you know, beholden to, to the Joker. Um, she, her slicing Harley Quinn up as quickly as she did. I think it makes her formidable. She's somebody that now like, yeah, she fought and she done, you know, she's done some flips and stuff and other panels on on other books and things like that. But punchlines really, really starting to cut her teeth and show her teeth a little bit. And I think that's going to go a long way in this. Um, I still think she's just a sidekick. I don't. I don't think. I don't think Punchline is Harley Quinn in twenty years, because Harley Quinn is 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 immensely ingrained into the comic culture. And I hope that this isn't one of those things that like Harley Quinn's revenge, and we're gonna get like a thirty seven thirty seven issue run of some Harley Quinn story of her coming after Punchline and Joker. I hope that's not where we're headed with this. I hope that Harley comes back in Joker War, and she ends up fucking, you know, big hammer and Punchline to the <laughs> skull, and you know puts her in a wheelchair or something crazy and you know maybe that's the kind of we don't i don't want too much punchline i just want enough that i'm it it it, it wets the palate and i'm happy with it and she's a rememberable character right well see i i like i i've liked what i've seen with with punchline right i think that compared to harley quinn she's a she's a better compliment to joker right um she's and buying it, into the chaos right well and that she's she's not slapstick jokes right she's yes. uh she's serious she's serious and and that's what you want from a villain like we were talking before you know about you know villains and and you know like what's their ultimate goal right yeah. it's not to play with the it's not to play yeah. with them it's to it's to beat the ba- uh, beat the good guy and uh, accomplish your and mission like she says i mean I, i'm not this isn't a direct quote but she you know in the comic when she's fighting harley she said you've all you know your biggest desire in the world was to change him into what you thought was good or what was appropriate when in all reality he's already that like he is the perfect version of himself of you know being the joker being the agent of chaos and you know she doesn't want to change him she wants to she wants to be with him for who he is right um and it's funny because like how obsessed she is with joker and I think even Harley pointed out at some point in the midst of their fight, like, baby, you're always going to be number two because Batman's number one. Like, that's his, that's his true love. And, you know, we're going to dive into that in our spotlight issue. I, have, I bring that, I'm going to bring that up, you know, as far as, you know, the, the, the oddities of the Batman-Joker relationship. Um, 
I like uh, I like how James is stacking the deck against Batman. I think he's doing a really good job, like this said. Side, you know, knocking off his allies, you know, taking his wealth, make basically making Bruce Wayne a fugitive, which isn't really fucking hard. Right. I mean, he's a playboy. Yeah, there's insider trading. There's this, there's that. So, yeah, he's a fugitive. But guess what? You can't find him when he doesn't leave the cow. When he's Batman, Bruce Wayne essentially disappears. Yeah. I think that may come into play, too, at some point. Maybe they're like, oh, well, I guess Batman is Bruce Wayne because right, well, we haven't seen Bruce Wayne and Batman in the same room yet. Right, so, because like, you get all, you get all of the, uh, the the news stories of, like, you know, Bruce or you know Bruce Wayne's been helping Batman. That's where this money's been going. And it's like, at some point, somebody's going to yeah. go, hey, you know what? It's going to be a seven-year-old kid on Twitter. The jaw- He's going to <laughs> right. Hashtag Batgate. That, that jawline looks awfully familiar. Yeah. <laughs> right? um, the cliffhanger for, for issue 95 was great. It's one of those things like you're reading it and you're like, you're for like a consensus ending to that issue and you're like, you know it's going to be there. But like I said, I still think, like I mentioned, we have a lot to come. Damien, Jason, Tim, you know, I think Dick snaps out of it. Barbara's going to play a role. Like there's a lot of people coming through here. And then obviously, you know, I, like I said, along with the villains, I think those villains are going to play a role. In, I hope it's not like, Gotham. <laughs> I, well, I'm hoping that it's not a, 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 a double turn, basically like Catwoman spends so much time down there that she just watches the world burn. I'm hoping I, I like, I like Catwoman in the hero role. Mm-hmm. Like she's grown on me to the point that like, I, I don't like her. Like her character doesn't work in a world where everything around her is burning down and it's like mass domination. Like, her character doesn't work. Like she just wants to steal a diamond. Well, when she's with Bruce, she doesn't need to do that. Right. And she can use her 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 tools and her abilities for good. I I like that better. I think she's she's a much better hero at the moment than she would be a villain, especially in modern times. Um, and like I said, I mean, I, I know you read ninety five and you said you read ninety four. I haven't read Batgirl since like issue twelve, but I did pick it up. Great cover art this week. Um, in, in both the variant and the, the, the main cover. And uh, obviously I've, I've never not read Nightwing. Nightwing's been a series I've followed pretty much all the way through. Both are, are very well written they're, and, and they're tying in very well. And like I said, Batgirl especially. I, I really enjoyed this week's issue of Batgirl. Harking back to a lot of the you know Killing Joke, um, which is pushing Killing Joke is, is, is main continuity, which is cool. Um, I'm sure you know Alan Moore is excited for somebody to take on another one of his his, <laughs> his stories. But like I said, it was it was good. Um, Joker using, but the thing is, is I mean, spoiler alert if you haven't read it, she she impales Joker with a steel rod, like in the back right. at the end of the at the end of the issue. But I don't know if it's the actual Joker because they make it. There's like a dialogue at the end. It's very similar to Killing Joke. You know, Joker says, you know, tells the joke of, you know, the Batman and Batman and him have, they share that laugh. Right. And then and, he snaps his neck. Yeah. Well, at the end of, um, at the end of the, the Batgirl issue, it's very similar. They're laying, you know, cause she's obviously paralyzed still. Right. Um, she had just, she did something to get just enough juice to stand up to toss the, the, the rod into his back, but they're both lying there and Joker bleeding her paralyzed and they both laugh. Right. So it was very hearkening back. Like you said, the killing joke in the end of that. But, yeah. um, like I said, I, I've been, I'm enjoying it. I'm hoping that it continues down. The, I enjoyed James run a detective when they were like, Hey, we're going to take him off a of detective. I was like, 
why. It makes no sense. I think it was because Detective had to been doing better than... Uh, nothing was doing better than Batman at the beginning of Rebirth, but it was doing so well. I can only think DC had too good of a thing going. They were like, all right, we need to put James on another title that's not doing well. Because they ended up putting with, with Scott on um, Snyder on Justice League, which was also tremendous. Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed that whole run. Um, and like I said, I, I like to believe that I enjoyed James's input more than I enjoyed Scott's, but like I said, I'm enjoying death metal and all the other stuff that he's doing. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, uh, last thing I'll say on it is, you know, so far so good, right? I, I'm, I'm ready to read, you know, yeah. the next issue, uh, which this is a six part story, right? I believe. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I'm right now I'm, I'm in, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm all on board. So, you know, if I'm going to give the, you know, pick it up, don't pick it up. Yeah, definitely pick it up. If you, if you, if you want a good story, even though I've, we've covered a lot, you know, what we've talked about just kind of scrapes the surface of, yeah. of all yeah. the, all the content in and that nuances story. In it. Yeah. Um, new books coming this week, um, after the drop of the episode or issue, sorry. <laughs> um, Batman Superman number 10. I, don't know if that's going to dive into any Joker War stuff, but I can say the post-Batman Who Laughs arc of Batman Superman has been really good in the sense that now it's almost individual story-based, similar to Justice League. Justice League's doing the same thing of they're not they're not working towards any major events anymore. So they're doing like your weekly hero story, which is which is cool. And I think it's it's a nice break from these these massive events and massive, you know, intermingling of, of lines and things like that. Um, you're getting Red Hood and Outlaws number 47, which will play and tie into um, the Joker Wars. Um, but um, other than that, I, I looked at the Marvel and, and the comics lineups of stuff that's coming out. Nothing super interesting or anything. They did announce this week, though, in comics. Um, forgot to bring that up in the um, current events. Uh, the last Ronin TMNNT uh, series that's coming out, and I know you're a big uh, Ninja Turtles guy, and I, I dabble in the universe a little bit. I was a big fan of TMNT, Batman, both the animated and the, the, the more comic version, um, but I'm excited for that. Yeah, I think it'll be a good story. I, you know, Eastman's original run is very dark and gritty, and I think Last is going to do the same thing. Um, and it seems like it's just going to be the original turtle, so not the sister that yeah. they just introduced and things like that. So if you're more of a harken to like the original content of things, they haven't announced which turtle it is, and they won't this, they won't show him with weapons because they don't want to give it away. The only imagery with him with weapons, he has all of them. Right. So it's going to be very interesting to see where that heads. I, I mean, I would be I would be extremely shocked if it's not Leo. Which one's the smart one? Donatello. It's going to be Donatello. He's going to piss everybody off. Because he's going <laughs> to... Because that would be the most dramatic character turn to go from this lighthearted, technologically savvy, you know, kind of like the the conscious of the group to now you're this basically a bloodthirsty, you know, revenge machine going through the universe. Like, it's... I think that would be a cool turn. But like you said, it, it makes sense. It, it, because Leo's always been the one that wants to play by the rules. He's the yeah. leader. He's the role model. You know, everybody wants it to be Raph, right? Yeah. Because, you know, he's the, he's the, he's he's the muscle. The most, right? Yeah. He's the guy. But, 
Uh, no, I think you're going to see. I think I think it'll end up being Leo. But all right. So we'll uh, we'll, we'll transition to inside the ropes where uh, we promised you guys a WWE Extreme Rules recap, which means we had to sit through that garbage. <laughs> um, holy shit! What are we watching on the network these days? It, it wasn't. Look, I'm 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 more of a WWE guy than any other other promotion out there, right? Um, it's just you know, uh, fight for the fallen on free television was better. Oh, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. It, Extreme Rules was was not great, right? And and part of it I think hurts you know with the current environment. I'm you, past the pandemic. But, it, it, but, it, we're to a point now where when we use the pandemic as an excuse, there's two company really there's four companies operating japan is different because japan's allowing fans to come to events they did uh dominion and had fans but you know impact didn't have any fans slammiversary was a better buy this weekend obviously had a ton of debuts or you know comebacks and things like that from wwe guys jumping back to impact but like i said extreme rules you know quick Quick recap of the card. Strowman versus Wyatt, non-championship match. They did a, another cinema, uh, cinema, cinemagraphic or yeah, yeah, cinema. whatever you want to call it, movie match. Uh, McIntyre versus uh, Ziggler in uh, a everything goes for Dolph, but nothing for Drew. Uh, New Day uh, put the titles against Nakamura and Cesaro in a table match. Asuka versus Sasha for the champ- women's championship for Raw. Bailey versus Nikki Cross for SmackDown Women's Title. Ray versus Seth in an eye for an eye match, which we'll talk about a little bit. And then uh, Apollo Crews was supposed to wrestle MVP, but caught COVID or tested positive for COVID, so he couldn't uh, participate. And so no title change, but the new belt is still around MVP's waist. Um, my my match of the night, personally, and it's because I enjoy all four wrestlers involved, is New Day versus Knock and Cesaro in the table match. Um, it was the most on point like from start to finish those guys went out and performed for the the the, you know the prospects in the crowd and for the people at home um i'm a big dolphin drew fan i just didn't think the the stipulation hurt the match those two guys could put on a pure wrestling spectacle that there doesn't need to be a a a, a, like crazy hardcore feel to it and you know drew obviously fall out from uh, wwe Extreme rules is Drew's going to get to pick the stipulation for the next match. I'm hoping it's an Iron Man match. Yeah, let those guys wrestle for an hour, and I'll be happy because they're they're tremendous in ring guys. And and Dolph, I would almost be happy if Dolph wins the belt. He deserves it. Oh, I'm, and 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 you can't say okay, well we can't put the belt on Dolph because the crowd won't like it. Well, there is no crowd. Right. You can. They're literally pumping crowd noise into. The, the performance center for the shows right now. So don't come at me and say you can't because of the crowd. Put the belt. The guy deserves a title run. I, I don't disagree with Dolph getting a chance to be be champ. I just don't want Drew's title reign to end right now. I want when his when his reign does end because I mean let's be honest he's kind of got the shaft right now. With, with, yes. Not, not not through any fault of WWE or or but anything. Can chasing Dolph through the pandemic up till the first live show work? No. I, I don't see it. I just my, my thought process behind it is, is if he's the champ all the way up to the end of the pandemic, he's stale because you've seen him on television all week, all you know, week in and week out. Where if you put him, so put it this way: him winning the belt at Mania should have been his his Kofi Kingston moment. Right. You know, the crowd would have erupted. 
they knew the outcome was coming, but they would have erupted from it. They would have been so excited for him because he, he truly did earn it. Yeah. But I'm thinking if you take the belt off of him and not and don't do what they always do. Take the belt off of somebody and then he, he goes and feuds with Kevin Owens because that seems to be the thing that they do. They put him against some some guy who also should be a main event guy but isn't, and he's taken tremendous amounts of losses over the past couple months. Don't take the belt off of Drew and put Seth Rollins in the fucking main event picture. Yeah. It, it, you need to put Drew in, in a chasing mentality and allow him to chase the title. Dolph can be the – Dolph will be almost as good as Seth was first run, being a bad guy who cheats to win. Yeah, uh, well, I'm I'm seeing I'm seeing Drew retaining, and I'm seeing yeah, well, him obviously. going up against uh, Orton. That's I think that's what they're building towards. But I don't need that. I like Orton's <laughs> run right now. Let Orton keep punting people in the head and and being a legend killer. He Drew McIntyre is not a legend. You want to put Orton in a match at SummerSlam? Bring Brock's ass back and let Orton punt him in the head. Well, their match even years ago, like yeah, uh, it was brutal. It was great. Yeah, uh, I mean the elbow shot that, that split him open, which he was fine with, but apparently everybody in the back was all pissed off about because that was the night that Jericho tried to fight Lesnar. Right, because there's a fucking Jericho. He's a crazy motherfucker. <laughs> uh, for me, uh, Extreme Rules best match. You know, even with the finish, I, I, I'm going with Sasha, Oscar, uh, just because I'm I'm a fan of the two ladies. I think that they put, they still put on a great match. The, I just think the finish, the finish, the finish hurt it. The finish hurt it, but it also helps the the long term story. Right, and and I mean they're getting to that, and um, so we'll move on from Extreme Rules. Um, it, it wasn't well, a great show. Well, <laughs> oh, well, we'll talk about Rollins and and, and Mysterio. Oh well, yeah, yes, yeah, so tremendous match. Shit, you want to talk about <laughs> shit? Finish. That was terrible. And I'm reading stuff online that it was supposed to be much gorier and more, like, costumey, more than, like, the little eyeball falling out. They wanted Seth to pull, like, a fake eye with retina attached to or uh, right. or whatever attached to it. And, like, I'm like, did they really think this through? Did no. they really think that, that the people were going to be like, oh, my God, he ripped his eye out? Yeah. And like I said, I tweeted through the, the, the DGI account uh, a little, what, two or three weeks ago. Fucking Mysterio missed his mark. How do you not come out as Deathstroke? You come out at all the other major events as, as superheroes, and the one where your eye is gouged out, essentially, you don't come out dressed as Deathstroke. Come on, Ray, you are better than this. He missed that mark, and I was so mad when he came out. I'm like, God damn, it's just normal, normal Ray Mysterio outfit. Tremendous match. I thought the guys put it on the line, but the, the ending just killed it. Yeah, it was. It, there was nothing about that that was believable. It, it, they tried, yeah. You know. And then, and then Braun and Bray, just terrible. Yeah. Um, I don't even really want to spend it too much time on it. Um, the Undertaker match uh, apparently is a one and done. You're, you, we don't need no more. And they're doing it because of the pandemic, and I get it. But a lot of people loved the Fun, fun House match at Mania. I thought that was trash. Yeah. yeah, it was fun to go and see all the different like walks and talks of John Cena and kind of poking fun at his career and. It was a proper way if that was how they're going to send John off into the sunset. I guess that's proper. I don't. I don't know. Sure. <laughs> um, but I wasn't a fan of that match. I love the Undertaker AJ Styles match. I actually just watched Chapter Five of the Last Ride the other night at work. I put it off because, you know, I don't like to get emotional over over <laughs> pop culture. But you know, I've I've gone to every WrestleMania for the last five years and you know i go every year thinking like okay i'm gonna get to see the last undertaker match okay this year will be it this year will be it and i want to be there for his last match so i'm hoping that you know if, if you know god 
forbid we do actually get Mania, which is going to be in Tampa again next year. Okay. They moved the L.A. one, or I guess because L.A. is saying that they don't think they're going to have mass gatherings like that at any point in 2021, or at least the early parts. So we're going to get it. It's going back to Tampa, which is cool because I really wanted to go to Raymond James Stadium. So I'll probably still end up going to that. Um, but like I said, that that swamp match was just terrible. And, and nothing against the guys competing. I don't like saying those things because – these guys that go out and perform for us, especially during a pandemic, they're giving everything they got. And Bray, God help him, you know, with WWE and their their misdirection of him. I know you're not a big Fiend guy, right? They right. I don't, I don't care for the Fiend. I, I like Bray Wyatt. But I he, like that he's trying to make something work. The most exciting part of that match is when the Fiend pops out of the water at the end. Yeah. For me. That, and that's, that just goes to show you that Bray the Swamp Monster is dead. Yeah. That's all it is. And like I said, Strowman, Strowman doesn't need to be in these honky, you know, you know, s- late 70s, early 80s, you know, character matches. Strowman is a beast, and he should be displayed. Book him like you book Lesnar, and he'll be better. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I don't think anybody should take anything that we say negative about, you know, especially like something like Extreme Rules, right, as we dislike the WWE or dislike the wrestlers, right? It was just Every, a bad show. Everybody there tried their best yeah and and i and hey i'm, I'm all it's a for it's a badly written show yeah. because we're about to get into our wednesday night war recap oh, yeah. and both of those shows are tremendously booked yeah um so we're going to talk about a w715 um or yeah. july 15th uh, episode cody versus sunny kiss elite versus jurassic express lucha bros versus ftr and moxley versus cage for the title this was their uh fight for the fallen pay-per-view um, and Jericho drops a promo on Orange Cassidy, and Orange Cassidy proceeds to drop a whole bucket of orange juice on Jericho. <laughs> um, and from what I read online, apparently Jericho wanted him to come out a la Kurt Angle, Stone Cold, with an orange juice truck and spray them down, but they couldn't find like a company that would had orange yeah, juice. Yeah, had that much orange juice. It's probably tough to find. I mean, it was probably just. I mean, you could have just done water with food coloring. They wouldn't have. We wouldn't have known. But yeah. whatever. Um, my match of the night, so so set July fifteenth and then NXT on the on the fifteenth. You had Ir Shirai versus Tegan Knox for the women's title for NXT. Um, you had Keith Lee versus Donovan Dijakovic, um, and then you had Indy Hartwell versus Shotzi Blackheart, Timothy Thatcher versus Denzel Jornet, and Damian Priest versus Cameron Grimes. Finally, um, I like what they're doing with Priest on NXT. Mm-hmm. That was a big uh, punishment. Um, or Nan- or Martinez. Yeah, Martinez fan um, in, in Ring of Honor. His match versus um, Adam Page at Supercard of Honor down in Orlando, I believe. Was it Orlando? Yeah, in Orlando. Tremendous match. Those two guys I mean, beat the shit out of each other. It was great. Um, my match of the night for the 15th was FTR versus Lucha Bros. It was just, that's just a, a match I've been waiting to see and wanting to see. It's just two completely, you know, different styles of wrestling. Uh, plenty of other stuff. You know, the Cody Sonny, list, uh, Sonny Kiss match. Sonny Kiss is a, a is a unique character for AEW, and they caught a lot of sh- shit at the beginning of their company because they said, oh, well, Sonny Kiss was assigning to appease to the LGBTQ crowd. Um, same thing with um, Nyla Rose. It's not. Both of those... Both of those individuals are tremendous performers, wrestlers, and and students of their craft. And Sonny Kiss showed that against Cody. Right. And that was a very close, very close second for me for the night. Um, I didn't. It's not that I didn't like 
um, the Keith Lee Donovan Dijakovic match they put on classic after classic. If you watch NXT, you mean Dominic. Do, uh, <laughs> is it Dominic? Donovan. <laughs> well, sorry. You're good. Um, this goes to show. They put on good enough matches, but they've put it on too many times. If you watch NXT, you know that they had like a month straight where they just oh, yeah. wrestle each other. But see, that's where we get into like my match of the night, right? Was those two. Yeah. If we, uh, nothing against, uh, I love the revival, and I have nothing against yeah. Lucha Bros. Uh, but for me, watching those two compete, no matter when they compete, every time they compete against one another, they put on a great match. They, yeah. they put on a great match to the point where you're watching that, you're like, you know, are they going to let the belt switch? I don't think they are. No. But if yeah. they did, it would be huge. Yeah. And uh, like and like I said, you um, some of the other th- things that, you know, you know, kind of influence the storytelling in AEW right now, they're building a lot of good stuff. You know, Omega attacking uh, Marco Stunt at the end of the match and kind of going cleaner mode there for a moment was a really nice touch. And then Omega attempting to make amends with FTR – like giving them a beer and then them dumping the beer on him. Right. Like it's like, oh, I feel really bad for Kenny. And then he wrestles later and he beats up Marco Stunt. You're like, Kenny's an asshole. Right. right. But it's it's interesting because when the elites wrestling Jurassic Express, FTR sits with Paige at the bar. Right. And then we'll get into this past week's uh, episode of AEW, but they come out and make save for Paige. Right. Um, so they're doing a really good job of building up these feuds, building up these these character twists and turns. Um, Cody's the only one. It's funny because Cody's quietly, like, weekly, week in and week out, he's defending titles against all these, like, random, just, you know, okay, this guy's available this week. Let's throw him in here. We know he's popular, you know, because he, he ends up wrestling Eddie Kingston, who most recently was of NWA fame and um obviously huge run in tna they signed him after yeah. the match so it's it's giving opportunities to guys to jump on and make some money and do the right things um but like i said you know nxt's <sighs> well you so let's talk about opportunity though right you know tegan knox gets an opportunity to fight Io Shirai on the 15th and, and match was terrible. It, it, i enjoyed the fatal four-way to get to this match and Th- then was it was so Ira Shirai for me, she's been featured in a ton of triple threats, fatal four ways and so on and so forth. This was my first time watching an Ira Shirai versus one person match. OK. And she looked sluggish. She looked tired, like spots were off things that you normally she hits in, in higher profile matches. She wasn't lame, like she wasn't sticking, so to speak. I just think the, I don't. I just don't think the chemistry was there between it's them. Not. And, and you know, it's the, it's also you. You've got Eo in this like tweener phase because she's she's not fully a face. Well, we and I. I think we've talked about it personally, just not on the show. But like, WWE doesn't sign the the Japanese Asian talent that can really cut a solid promo. You know, I was watching AEW was it two weeks ago that a Kushida comes on and she cuts a promo in like English, and I'm like. Holy shit, she can she can cut a promo. Like right. it wasn't tremendously good. She's she's a notch above where Asuka is, and it's taken Asuka like two years, three years to get to where she's at. But my thing is, is like, you know, Ir Shirai is hurt because she doesn't get on the mic. You can't tell a compelling story when people don't talk. Right. And, you know, 
my thing is, is I like Tegan Knox, but I never believed she was going to win the title from Mira Shrive this quickly. No. I did and they like, and, and they moved on super quick, right? Because yeah. they had Dakota Kai come, come out, out and, and and punt her right in the head, and she kicked the shit out of her. Yeah. Holy crap! I was like, God damn, that looked that looked like it did. That didn't feel good. Yeah, that was that was a hard sell. Um, so obviously you had Moxley versus Cage. Uh, Moxley doing a little bit of groundwork on Cage and putting him in, in the arm bar. I, yeah. I thought that was a cool little change of pace for Moxley. Still a hard hitting match, and then Darby Allen jumps in. Yeah, well. I like I like the throwing in of the towel that that harkens to an old school yeah. wrestling. They do that a lot in AEW though. Yeah, you know MGF MJF did it to Cody. Um, I mean Cody at one point did it to Kenny in Ring of Honor or New Japan and pissed off a lot of people. That was the start of his feud with Kenny. Right. Um, my my hope is Bullet the, Club is fine. Yeah, Bullet Club is fine. <laughs> um, my problem is. You can't have a heel Kenny and a heel Cody at the same time. It doesn't work. No. So my, my, my hope is Kenny goes on like this crazy long run. Kenny turns heel. I hope the Bucks turn heel with him. But I don't think they're going to. Well, so and but everything that's been shown so far, that, that or at least what the the seeds that have been planted, right, is all turning page. Yes. And and FTR, right? Yeah. Because right now, yeah, revival well, FTR, they're getting they're getting cheered. Um they they're they're good guys for all intents and purposes yes. of storytelling. Hangman and, and Kenny are good guys, right? At what point does the disrespect from FTR and Paige to Kenny that I think that's the catalyst to turn the box. Right. And if you turn the box, I'm hoping Kenny gets a nice long world title run. In some way, shape, or form, Cody, maybe he hopes we forget that he can't have a, a world. Or maybe he says, if, I, I want him to do what NWA did with their their um, their mid-card title. It's escaping me the name of it. But where you did a certain amount of successful title defenses in a row, and then you got the cash in it. I would love for that. And I think I think AEW kind of did the same thing, where or NXT, sorry, where you know he, Keith Lee was the North American title. Use it as a as a cash in title. Like you get to have the title, build your character, win a bunch of matches, and then be like, okay, now let's do this title first title thing. And then if I win, I'm the NXT type champ, and we, we put this belt up. Well, yeah, I mean, so let's let's go ahead and jump into the the uh, this this past week's uh, stuff. So you had on AW, you had Cody taking on Eddie Kingston, which you already touched on, uh, turned into a no DQ match, super physical. Match. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, there's look. People can crap on wrestling all they want. Uh, you know, probably some of the people that listen to us, you know, but they may not even be wrestling fans, and they yeah. they fast forward through this. But look, you put yourself on the line physically, and you take thumbtacks. Like, there's no right way to no. land on thumbtacks. You're, I mean, as a dad, you're going to step on a, a Lego and want to, you know, <laughs> want to think you're dying a slow death. Imagine getting tossed on a hundred thumbtacks. Right. I just, it, it, it was. Good touch. Yeah. Good touch. Um, MJF taking on Griff Garrison. Uh, Young Bucks taking on Butcher and the Blade uh, in a Falls Count Anywhere match, which was great. Uh, Perk a million viewers. Right. Uh, Diamante versus uh, Ivelisse. Um, very very good to see Ivelisse back on television. Yeah. She had a lot of controversy uh, contract-wise with uh, Lucha Underground, and I guess they, she got that figured out, or they just said, screw it, we'll pay Lucha Underground, whatever we got to pay to get you on here. Right. Uh, Hangman versus... Uh, five. Number five. <laughs> From the Dark Order. Yeah. And uh, during that, we saw FTR come out and make the save. Before Kenny. Yeah. 
Uh, and then you had uh, the Inner Circle taking on Jurassic Express, which then saw you know Sammy Guevara. Yes, Come returned um, as Serpico, which was pretty. Was it was funny? I'm watching the whole thing. I'm like, this Sammy, it's Sammy Guevara. It's <laughs> Sammy Guevara. It is cool to see him back. Um, hoping that you know, I'm glad to see cancel culture didn't crush one of the upcoming stars. Don't get me wrong, the things he said completely inappropriate, um, but he's also 23, 22. Uh, he's young. He's yeah. he he he's he grew up in a generation where you know there was no filter for a long time on social media for, for what you said. And yes, it was inappropriate. He's also a young man that I think has grown a lot and he's, he made his amends. He apologized. He reached out to Sasha personally and, yeah. and said, Hey, look, I'm sorry. Whether she accepted that apology, that's up to her. But as a viewing public, he's a, a young man. It's got to make a living and he does a very good job in that ring to do so. So I think he, he it's good to see him back. Yeah. Um, let's see. And then uh, on NXT, we had uh, Keith Lee relinquishing the North American title, which you already touched and, on. And setting up the, the ladder right. match. Um, Dexter Loomis taking on Killian Dane. Uh, Kill, uh, I almost said Killer Cross. Karrion Cross taking yep. on Dominic Dijakovic. Uh, Shotzi Blackheart taking on Aaliyah. Uh, Everrise versus uh, Brizongo. Yeah. Uh, Bronson Reed uh, taking on uh, Mr. NXT Johnny Gargano. Uh, and, um, there was a third, um, was there a third person in there? Yeah. Match? Um, wow. Strong. Wow. Thank you. Uh, Rod- Roddy Strong. Um, and then Tim Thatcher taking on, uh, Oni Larkin. Yeah. Uh, so here's my thing with Keith Lee relinquishing the title. Uh, I get it, right? I get why they're doing it, but, uh, I would have preferred to have seen him give that title, uh, give somebody an opportunity. At both, I would have him doing double duty on shows, uh, and have him legitimately lose the title, other than give it up. Circus Seth, right? When he was doing when, U.S. title versus Cena and wrestling whoever for the right because title. right now you're you're trying to make Keith Lee the guy for NXT. And I've, I've said it for a long time. You well, know. they're also Russian cross. They're, they're, they're rushing to throw him into the mix. Right. And what, what are we getting out of this? So did you put the belt on Keith Lee to be topical currently? And you're just going to put the belt on cross post, you know, NXT 30. Right. Or are you going to let Keith Lee beat cross? I just don't get it. I'd rather seen Cross maybe go into the North American title picture first. Slow roll his build, make him dominant. Right. But I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I just Vince being I, Vince being backstage for NXT is starting to rear its head. Well, I, and one, me and uh, you know my best friend Kevin, we were talking about it right, and you know he he brought up a good point with NXT. There, even when NXT makes questionable decisions there is a payoff yeah to those decisions right so it's like okay i'm not gonna write it all you know i'm not gonna be upset i just when you're when you scratch your head with nxt especially for somebody like me who really enjoys nxt you go okay um where are you going with this and eventually they get to it yeah and i guess it's me just being impatient and, and part of that is just being a wwe fan is you're so used to things getting rushed that you're not used to long yeah story, and i, I kind of you know just looking at the card, you know, I love Brazongo. 
I mean, they're 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 goofy as hell, but it makes me upset that Imperium has the belts. They could have put the belts on Brazongo, and Brazongo could be defending them every so often because they're there and available. Um, Ever Rise is like a very cheap version of like the Young Hardies. Yeah, but not to discredit those gentlemen, they they're great wrestlers. I, I, maybe there's like a limited amount of tag teams available to NXT at the moment. I don't know. Um, the Bronson Reed match was a nice surprise. It's good to see them. Gargano doesn't need another mid card run. Roderick no. Strong doesn't need another mid card run. Those are two guys that should be established main eventers at this point. So Bronson Reed getting his opportunity that Keith Lee wanted to give to people is cool to see. And Bronson Reed moves well. He's a great wrestler. I, I'm enjoying his his work. Well, that's where with with this whole um, opportunity, so to speak. Uh, I think that. The people who you think are are locked in to win, like next week, Balor is supposed to be part of a, part of this triple threat. It's, it's um, Thatcher and uh, Loomis. Oh, not Loomis. Um, no, Dexter Loomis. Yeah, you're is, right. is, is it Loomis? It's Loomis and Thatcher. Yeah. Versus, well, it should be a good match. I I think one of those two. I want Balor to win because I'm Why a big ba- fan. I don't. I don't know. It hate, it pains me because it's like it's like the NFL. When you see a guy sign with the Miami Dolphins, and you're like, well, he took the payday. Right. My problem right now with Balor is, is he just content with being paid? Because I think that's where we're at. he's at. He's got to be at. Because they're not going to – clearly not putting him in the main event picture. Right. In, in NXT, they – I don't want to say demote it because he chose to go – from what I've read, he chose yeah. to go back to NXT. But he's not really even building anybody up because he beat, he beat Damian Priest. Yeah. He well, could have put Priest over. I wanted I wanted so bad to have an Adam Cole Finn Balor feud for yes. the NXT Championship because Balor you already have the story Balor was the longest reigning no. Cole is the longest reigning yeah. and Balor should have tr- stepped up and said I'm going to prove that I am better than you and I'm going to yeah. take my title back from but, you but like I said I don't I don't know what they're doing and, and it kills me because Balor is my favorite NXT wrestler he was my favorite Raw wrestler he was my favorite Smackdown guy like, right. I mean well look at my my, my collection over here you know all yeah. my all my wrestling figures over here you know Balor makes up the majority of them yeah like, and <laughs> I, I love his running in, in, in New Japan like I said it, it's sad because I think I was reading an article the other day of like wrestlers that needed to be swapped between AEW and WWE and he obviously was on there for a swap. He he's an instant he's an instant main eventer. Right. Like he he's the guy on on in AEW. Um but it's unfortunate that uh, I personally think he's being wasted. He he's enjoying his himself, which is cool. I know he's newly married and he's enjoying his life. He launched a, like a independent clothing brand, yeah. which is cool. Um good for him. He's he's living his life and and, and making the most of his opportunity. Um, Shotzi Blackheart getting more and more airtime. I think it's just going to lead to her eventually probably taking the belt from Eero Shirai, which is necessary. Um, she seems a little wacky a, a bit, but I think she would be a nice change of pace from the norm. Um, I would really enjoy seeing Candice LeRae in the main event picture at some point, or even Mia Yim at this point, mm-hmm. because they're they're both constantly beating the crap out of each other and they put on a great match i don't understand why neither of them have gotten a chance so your match of the night for from this past week um i picked the young bucks versus butcher and the blade which apparently the rest of america picked as well i, I mean it's, um, it was hard to top it which normally a falls count anywhere match you know well, what, it, what, we're, we're so used to the watered down version of wwe where like a falls count anywhere match 
takes you into like the third row of the stands where AEW's like, oh, we're going to take you into the kitchen. They, they started in the kitchen. In the kitchen, which which is just hysterical. And they ended on the stage. And it's funny enough that like they're so KFAB friendly, like the Bucks waited for them to take their aprons off and do all like, the other <laughs> stuff before they start. And like you said, it ends on the stage. Like it was a great match. And and the rest of and you know, I don't fall into the whole numbers and ratings because and, I watch NXT after. I actually ended up watching NXT the next day. Um, or at the, you know, at the end of that night, basically. Right. But my thing is, you had over a million viewers. Yeah. So keep people keep. Oh, they, no, no, neither of these shows are breaking a million. Well, it's because both shows are playing at the same time. Right. If you combine the numbers, they're almost two million. So if you put AEW on Thursday nights, AEW is going to break a million viewers. Everybody's going to tune in. Right. But people are flipping back and forth or watching later or watching. But, you know, Chris Jericho's, he's just a merchandise-making machine. <laughs> you know, he breaks out the demo god line, and now he's selling new shirts every other week. <laughs> right. But he, they're winning a demographic war, and I think that's what they're content on. They're winning the viewers they want to win. And NXT puts on a great product, and they, they are consistently quality for TV production. Where AEW sometimes the camera angle doesn't look quite right or doesn't, but they're getting better too. But like Jim Ross said, we put on a better product. You know, on the the, the post show, we put on a better product. I don't know why you would want to watch NXT live. Just record that shit and watch us, and then watch NXT later. Well, so it, it's part of it is you know preference, right? Like yeah, for obviously. me, like for me, like I watch NXT live and I watch AEW after the fact. Um, I think well, part of that, too, is uh, if you watch NXT after the fact, like uh, they cut like for for Hulu. Right. Yeah. They cut stuff out. Yeah. So uh, I, I don't know if AEW does the same thing. No. What I've seen is you get the whole show. I DVR it. So right. okay. I watch the whole show anyways. Um, but, you know, uh, this past week, AEW was definitely like Dynamite was definitely the better show. Yeah. From from top to bottom. Yeah. Like, it was it was the better show. Um, I don't know. I guess we'll we'll see where they're going. And, yeah, and, and then some, you know, some extreme back to the, the extreme rules fall out because I have been watching Raw and SmackDown as well. Mm -hmm. Just I always like to do it right after. Um, like I said earlier, more Dolphin Drew is not a bad thing. Um, for me, like you said, you enjoyed the Sasha match, which I I do agree. There's too much Sasha Bailey right now, and it's making me miss Becky and Charlotte. I'm realizing that we're getting the like. The two underlings of the four horsewomen, which makes me not mad because I, I like both of them. They're great. And I don't I'm not particularly a fan of either of their heel runs. Mm -hmm. Sasha's a much better heel when Bailey's a face and they face each other. Yeah. Um, Seth needs direction. Give him a mid card title run or something. You know, MVP needs a, an opponent right now. Let him work with MVP. That would be a great back and forth. Well, so from. If rumors are to be believed, there's a possibility of a, of a new nation of domination. Yes, stable. I saw that. And um, um, so, uh, you know, you, you have Ron Simmons coming back. Uh, yeah, Lashley, I, Shelton Benjamin, and MVP. Right. Uh, you know. But hey, you know who, but you know what, with that rumor, does Big E's new singles run, which is huge news, does that factor in? Like, I mean, can, can, you, can you do a cross- brand faction 
Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I like Big E. The Big E news is the biggest news yeah. of all. Um, weird how they did it of, like, this, like, passing of the torch thing between him and Kofi, which was kind of cool, but it was also, like, so is he not a part of New Day now? Like, or is he New Day but the singles guy he, in New yeah, Day? Yeah, because, like, Kofi was the singles guy. Yeah. And then Woods and E held the belts, uh, the tag the, the, the tag team stuff down. But, like I said, a lot going on in wrestling. Yeah. Uh, wrestling's obviously the, the, the most live and up-to-date thing during all the pandemic and whatnot. So, I mean, if you're not watching wrestling, it's a good week this week to jump in and, mm-hmm. and watch. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff on AEW. I mean, Raw was pretty good last week. SmackDown, apparently, I didn't. I tuned in for a little bit but didn't finish watching it. But, um yeah, a lot of lot of good, a lot of bad, a lot of in between for wrestling. But like I said, a lot more good than bad yeah. for most part. Um, we're gonna blow through. Uh, they're not toys; they're collectibles. Uh, Charlie can talk about his tar- Target Star Wars <laughs> stuff. Yeah, so uh, Target and Star Wars. Um, uh, well, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, right? Which is Disney's property down in yeah. Uh, well, and at their uh, at their parks, um, they announced their partnership. Uh, so. Um, for those of you that, you know, collect Black Series figures, you know that there are uh, a bunch of figures that Disney was selling at the park um, in, like, four packs, right? Where you were getting, um, you know, a unique figure like a Commander Pyre or, and uh, a Mountain Trooper. Uh, and then you were getting, like, another Kylo Ren that you probably have in your collection and you've had like 30 of them um so you were essentially getting repacks of other figures and then you were getting these new ones and the price tag on them was like you know 70 bucks or something like that so now what uh what they're doing is they're releasing each individual figure um of the newer figures you're not gonna have to buy that repack figure which is cool um so you're getting like a hondo uh anaka you're getting um uh captain cardinal you're getting a mountain trooper. Uh, they they also announced you're getting like they're doing a DJ Rex, um, so you're getting all of those unique figures to Galaxy's Edge. The hard part, if you because they're not in stores yet, um, but you're getting you're going to have to fight for them online. Which, if we're learning anything through this pandemic, it's yeah, online ordering. I mean, we covered it last time. Yeah, we uh, we were we were cautiously optimistic, and it it it. Went, went about as well as we expected it to for, for San Diego. Right. Um, so, I mean, let's go ahead and jump into that. San Diego Comic-Con releases. Um, they had the, uh, well, they well, it's more Star Wars stuff, right? Yeah, I'll let you do your Star Wars stuff before I go on my rant. <laughs> All right, so uh, vintage collection uh, collectors can rejoice. Like, if there's anything with, with Star Wars collecting, you know, the vintage collection seems like it gets the, the short end of the stick. Um those 3.75 inch figures right yeah. which that's been the scale for star wars figures forever and it doesn't get the same love that black series does. Well, i like get, both you're gonna but you're gonna get a lot more of those with with the kenner releases and stuff right yeah well so i mean what happened was the you know the the tvz people the you know collectors they were like look we've been in this game a lot longer than black series yeah can you can you start making more? And it seems like Hasbro is listening. So we're gonna get this Arc Trooper set of uh, Jesse Echo and Fives um, as in their trooper gear. That's uh, gonna be through Hasbro Pulse. You're also getting um, well, we are getting another Black Series thing, but it's gonna be in vintage packaging. Uh, we're getting another Wampa, which they did years ago. This is just a re-release in in new packaging. Yeah, just to piss everybody off. <laughs> that's, that's like, oh, mine's worth a lot. No, it's not. Yeah, uh, but that's, uh, I think they're slated for the uh, September, September yeah. 
So we don't want to be like every other podcast slash, you know, YouTube TV series, whatever you want to call it. But Funko, you suck. <laughs> like I love, it's such a love hate relationship, and I'm so deep into it. Charlie got out of it. I should have just followed his <laughs> footsteps. But I only wanted the Black Lightning three thousand piece item, and I know it's a million people logging on and wants to get it. But it, it's in my cart. I get to the point, and apparently, this shopping wheel of death is a new thing for Funko. And I've been trying to pay attention. We talked about Funko having their problems and issues recently. Maybe they were going to fix them in three weeks, you know, time. Funko doesn't care. The guy, the what's his name, Brian Malati, whatever the hell his name is, the guy that's the CEO. Yeah. And he released a, like, pre-recorded. But he, they pre-recorded an apology <laughs> video. <laughs> so that shows you how bad things are getting or are for Funko online. They just don't care. They know they're going to sell it. It doesn't matter if a bot gets it or some flipper or something like that. They don't care about their, 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 their devoted fans. If they sell their 3,000 pieces, they sold their 3,000 pieces and they're, they're satisfied. Right. Um, market value right now is around 150 to 250 for, for the Black Lightning Pop that I, I need to keep my collection current and, 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 and fulfilled. It is what it is. Um, I'm not going to dwell on it too much. There's there's plenty of other shows in, in YouTube videos and things like that where people are all upset and up in arms. It is what it is. I got my Ra's al Ghul. You know, I got my, you know, hopefully I can get my Black Lightning at some point. My, Steven picked up a Cyborg Superman for me. So I got the the other ones that I needed. Um, I'm going to... I mean, do you have anything to say on it? No, I mean, you you, know, like you already hit on it, right? Because yeah. I'm, I'm two years Funko clean. So, uh, yeah. you know, for me, like, I didn't... Uh, I didn't lose any sleep at yeah, all because no. there was nothing that everything that I want, I'm going to have to just wait until it either shows yeah. up in stores or shows up on Hasbro Pulse, which won't be until yeah. the fall. Uh, McFarlane uh, announced uh, this past weekend or this past week with all the San Diego stuff, their uh, second wave of DC figures, which first wave was tremendous. I haven't picked up any of them yet. I've kind of held off waiting for sales, things like that. Uh, but the Flashpoint Batman, holy shit, it's awesome. The, uh, McFarlane has been known for the detail of his figures, but these new figures are just tremendous. And the Build-A-Figure, they're doing the Build-A-Figure line similar to Marvel um, Legends, is Merciless from Dark Knight's Metal series, which is another cool-looking figure. Um, and now they're doing two-backs. You're right. getting Red Death and Flash, Red Hood and Nightwing. Um, and you're getting all these, you know, you're getting Rebirth, Flash, and you're, they're, they're starting to venture into different characters. Well, but they're still Batman heavy, which I think yeah. we talked about before, right? Is like McFarlane is, uh, they're, they're putting out decent figures, but it's a very Batman-centric Yeah, well, figures. I mean, he's a Batman guy, which, yeah. and I'm a Batman guy, so it doesn't bother yeah, me Yeah, it doesn't much, bother you, but. But they're great figures. Yeah. I mean, you're getting, like you said, the. You're getting your money's worth for yeah. the figure. I'm not a big fan of the Arkham figures. They look, they don't look good. The comic figures look great, and the, and the book figures look good, but like, I don't know, maybe it's just the realism, it's just not translating well. I'm, I'm not, s- I'm not super excited about the Arkham, I think, I think it's Arkham City. Mm-hmm. Um, Batman, but the, the Deathstroke with that looks good. See, I'm still I'm still a big fan of the uh, DC Universe classics. Like those to me were yeah. great figures. Well, DC Direct uh, is still doing figures. Direct is great. Uh, DC Icons is, is great. You yeah. know, like it's just 
I don't know, like McFarlane. Also, the scale. That's that's the other thing, right? There's seven inch figures. Yeah, they're versus, much bigger. There's uh, versus the six inch figures, and and for me, like it messes with. Uh, you, got, you got a message on the window over there. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> he ran away. Oh, one of my kids just showed up. Hold on. Pardon the interruption, folks. Uh, he can't get in. He's locked out of our our little studio here. Um, oh, okay, there, there we go. What do you got, buddy? No. <laughs> no, you can't. All right, there we go. Right. That's an easy one. But that's a good that's a good stopping point for the toys as far as that goes. Like I said, not a whole lot coming out of San Diego this year just because of all the cancellations and everything. But the the McFarlane run line. He also had a show debut on sci fi. I watched a little bit of it last night. It's basically I guess a following of his story. Um I don't know how many episodes it's gonna be. First episode was pretty good. Um, but like I said, I'm I'm excited about the McFarlane figures. Um, Sunk, the Funko, you suck. Um, Hasbro's doing good things with Star Wars and so on and so forth. Um, but uh, we're going to move in. This is going to be a little bit longer. Um, we're going to try and make this uh, less than 30 minutes, but we're going to talk about uh, Justice League Dark Apocalypse War. Um, we we both watched it. We both enjoyed it. Uh, mm-hmm. I've enjoyed this entire DC animated movie run in the last seven years. Um Apocalypse Wars, directed by Matt Peters and Christina Soda, uh, produced by James Tucker, who's produced all the DC animated movies in the last seven years uh, in that continuity. Uh, screenplay by uh, Margaret uh, Scott, story by Christina Soda and Ernie Allbacher. Uh, has a 90-minute runtime. Um, for me, discussion, my thoughts. Uh, remarkable ending to a seven-year, 15-movie run for the DC animated universe. Uh, entire cast for the entire run to include huge names such as Jerry O'Connor, who played Superman, Rosario Dawson, who played Wonder Woman, Jason O'Hara, who plays Batman, Rain Wilson, uh, Dwight from The yeah, Office, <laughs> uh, playing Lex Luthor, and Matt Ryan, who plays Constantine on television, reprising his role again as Constantine in, in the animated series, and many more are back for one last round uh, in this movie. Um, it's a good movie. It's a yeah. good story. It's it's something I didn't expect because of all the other movies. Um, but uh, much like Tom Taylor's approach to Deceased, the writers, um, Allbacher and Soda, waste no time killing off pretty much every beloved hero possible and enslaving all the biggest of the big timers um, they could to aid in Darkseid's conquest. Uh, Aquaman, Hal Jordan, Jon Stewart, and the entire Green Lantern Corps from <laughs> Oona Oa, uh, Titans, Sands, Raven, and Robins, Zant- uh, Zatanna, Batgirl, Batwing, Superboy, Swamp Thing, entire Suicide Squad, Lois Lane, Lex Luthor, and many, many more are all killed and very killed and gru- killed very gruesomely yeah. on, on screen. It's, uh, I mean, they they did the job of, of and goes back to my point last time, right? Of Darkseid being the bad. Oh yeah, he's, right? <laughs> he's well. The, well, we we get into that at the end of it. Like I said, we we said in the last episode that we think Darkseid's the ultimate bad guy, but. A, Apparently not. Yeah, I mean, they made they made a very good argument against us in this movie. I guess. I, uh, look, I, uh, well, let's get through let's get through this, and then we can get into yeah. that. Um, film does does a great job of highlighting the Suicide Squad as being heroes, and any other actual DC animated universe uh, universe movies did. Um, and they put Harley Quinn in her original attire, yeah. and it's gold. It's just <laughs> it's 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 good to get back to that and saying, okay, this is what she should look like, not this. The Margaret, pink and blue, yeah, not the Margaret Robbie, you know, roller skating. I, I, look, I like Margaret Robbie as as su- the, su- the the Suicide Squad movie. But she's not my Harley. Yes, it, like that's not my imagery of Harley. Right. Um, 
did a really so a lot of people weren't big fans of the Teen Titans spinoff movies. They didn't see the purpose of them or points or things like that. But they did a great, great job of tying the Titans back into this this last uh, chapter of the the animated universe. Uh, Raven's constant battle with Trigon, who is our baddie that we now might have to think back and be like, nah, maybe he is the ultimate bad guy. We just haven't seen enough of him because the Titans have done a good job of keeping him locked well, up. Well, Raven has done a good job. I, yeah. I keep in mind. And, and they, and they, um, I, I definitely appreciated the fact that um, during this whole, this whole apocalypse war that, uh, you know, they do recognize, like, how strong Raven actually yeah. is uh, to be holding him back. Yeah. And, and then, she's like, and they're like, no wonder she snaps sometimes yeah. because, you know, she, she has this demon. Yeah. <laughs> and then you also have, you know, you have Trigon Superman, which is just wild. That was, that was crazy. And, yeah. and uh, it was, a, it was a good fight. Um, you know, between dark side and, uh, and I always Trigon. watch these movies, these animated movies as like movie to movie, not like, continuity so i enjoy all of them all seven years i've enjoyed pretty much all of them sans killing joke which we'll get into in the spotlight series uh uh, issue um but watching this one and now like fully realizing everything they did have ties to one another this might be the exact shared universe every dc fan should be appreciating well i i think i don't think you're gonna get much of an argument from anybody going the dc animated universe is what we all hoped the live would be, action would be the answer to marvel the marvel cinematic well, my, universe. my question for you they would never have been financially as lucrative in theaters but like think about like mask of phantasm for for batman right Tremendously successful theater run when it came out in the 90s. Right. They might have, if, if they would have said, hey, we're, you can have live action. We're going to do live action movies. But we're going we're gonna to dominate you guys here anim, animation-wise and do the same thing you're doing live action with animation, and we can do more because we can just draw it. It right. doesn't have to actually physically happen. Right. If they would have released these movies in the theaters, I think as they went, they would have gotten more and more popularity i think amongst the dc people because we we would have appreciate we all appreciate it now looking back on it you're like tremendous tremendous continuity tremendous shared universe run and and i'm not a huge fan on the new 52 animation like style like i'm not a fan of like like the superman without the trunks and batman and like the suit i'm not a big fan of that art but I got so used to seeing it over the last seven years and 15 movies, and I'm okay with it. Right. Um, like I said, you know, I crap on the new 52 comic book era a lot, uh, but this run of animated movies might never be matched again. Hopefully it is. Uh, hopefully the next new run is going to give us like a rebirth yeah. version. I would love to see a rebirth brought to, brought to the, the, the small and, screen. And, and like I said, you know, listening to World Balloon and listening to uh, – Tucker talk. James Tucker was the the gentleman that I, I, I you know, referenced in issue one for us um, with the Word Balloon podcast. Him saying that you know he's not you know people aren't a big fan of New Fifty Two, but that that in ten years people are going to be arguing that that was the greatest comic run in DC history because that's what they grew up on. Yeah. Um, like I said, my my verdict is nine out of ten. It's one of the best DC animated movies in the last seven years, and it was a great way to tie everything up. Um, I think. You know, the death, the the story, the depth of everything, and taking it to where it did, and exploring the different characters and things. It was done. It was done well. Yeah. Very well. Uh, like for me, like 
it it started a little slow, um, and I think you have you because yeah, you have to build up to the story. Uh, I, I would have appreciated just a little more of a, of a faster pace, but overall, like it didn't it didn't hurt the movie at all. Um, yeah, removing the big names, uh, you know, is is I like it. I like being able to showcase uh, all of these sidekick B team yeah. uh, characters and 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 elevating them right giving them a chance to shine uh, because that's that's where dc's hurting right marvel's done a great job at taking yeah. all of these all of their characters and making them oh you can stand on your own yeah. um whereas you know dc hasn't done the they same rely on the big the big guys right you know you've got the trinity and then you know you have the the other members of the justice league that that, that yeah. you, and you know cyborg is on again off again um, so now he's a, you've he's a titan that they've turned into a justice leaguer, which they they did in this. So the last seven years, these movies have been pivotal in the in in the in the plot moving point of making Cyborg a justice leaguer versus a Teen Titan because he's so important to the dark side mother box, you know, apocalypse connection because of his his ties to it right he's made up of, uh, of he, that he, material. he is he is a mother box essentially right my my thing is i they made me like him more in this movie than they did in all the other movies. agreed but it doesn't make him any more of a justice leaguer to me no. he's not an original like w warner brothers studios has like an exhibit at warner brothers for dc and Initially, like in all the like, like when you walk in, the first thing you see is these giant banners of each of the major Justice Leaguers: Flash, Green Lantern, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, and then it's um, Aquaman, and then you have Cyborg, and it's their first issue comics in like on pedestals. Essentially, he doesn't fit. He doesn't fit that 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 well, thing for me. And, that, and just because you know, because he wasn't part of that that. No. initial crew and and when you think justice league like for me even when i think justice league i go back to super friends right or yeah. or the justice league cartoon yeah you know uh like and so yeah you had the comics too but my first thought when when i think justice league yeah. is that and i don't and people make the argument that there was forced there was it was more like forced diversity you didn't yeah. need that cuz you john stewart's run on justice league unlimited the animated series he they made him the Green Lantern of the Justice League with right. that run, and he's historically speaking, when you when you think of, you know, minority or color within the Justice League, you have him and Manhunter. You could have almost did, if 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 they were going to do it for the sake of doing it, Manhunter should have been the seventh member of the Justice League, and because he. Traditionally, is a is an African American male in yeah. human form. Obviously, he's a Martian, and you could have done John Stewart, and yeah. then right then and there, you have two African American comic book heroes that are are, pro- are prominent in the DC universe. Well, and, and yeah, and I mean, like you, you don't. What am I trying to say? As far as diversity goes, in DC has plenty of characters, yeah. right? Uh, y- 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 this whole force diversity thing is is hokum, right? It, yeah, it, it, it is what it, it. Yeah, I mean, you need you're gonna have the diversity regardless. I mean, minus a company like genuinely just avoiding the minority market. Right. But DC's never done that. Neither has Marvel. I mean, right. Marvel's. 
I don't want to say Marvel's been a little bit more behind because they haven't. They have the X Men. They right. have they have an entire mutant population that is so diverse. But but when you think about the Marvel universe, X Men is kind of its own little thing yeah. off of off of everybody. Well, um, past that, like you know, I mean, Miles Morales was a big was a big win for Marvel in the sense of his popularity. But I think he was kind of a breath of fresh air in a very stale environment. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't. You know, Pew would be a better. He could tell you. I don't know the name of the the female Iron Man, but I know she's African American. Mm-hmm. Um, they've done more modernly, and I think Marvel. People say Marvel is a lot of forced diversity too, but I think Marvel's been more modernly diversing themselves, where DC did it l- earlier on. Right. I mean, look at well, look at what the, the Green Lanterns. Right. You have John. Right. Yeah. Which is John is to me. One of the most important Green Lanterns. Yeah. Uh, but uh, then you know, like, yeah, we can skip over Kyle because he's just another another white guy. But you know, was well, he we, whiter? Because sometimes he's he's portrayed as white, but like if you look back in the '90s comics, he does look more Asian. Yeah. But the thing is, is they kind of got away from that. And he is more of like just just an, another another yeah. white guy. But then you get into Simon. You get into Jessica. Yeah, and right? they're modern, right? And so to me, like Green Lantern Corps has always been diverse b- been diverse because but are they the x-men version of no because uh, uh, the x again the x-men are kind of your own unique thing like you know again but you, look but, at my, my but dc but dc's had you know you have black lightning you have steel you have i mean you have duke um who's the the signal for batman he's he's modern um i'm trying to think of more more old school you know yeah. I guess technically I'm, the Wonder Twins aren't they like yeah Middle Eastern or Arabian or something along yeah. those lines. Well, um, uh, I mean, you got Blue Beetle. Yeah, um, Blue Beetle. Right. Uh, well, you he he was more nineties, right? Because Blue Beetle was also Ted Cord at yeah, one point, that's which true. Was, was a white See, guy. But when I think when I think Blue Beetle, I, I, I that's not where I go to. I yeah. think of the more modern Blue Beetle. Um, um, and then, but like I said, I mean, this isn't a debate whether you know DC or. Neither of them are forcing. We're just saying that you know we think that, you know, like I said about Cyborg, I just don't think he. I, I don't. I don't consider him a Justice Leaguer. Unfortunately, even through all of this, he's still a Teen Titan guy. And with them doing so many Teen Titan movies, I think he would have been better served in that role in Teen Titans, to where they could have been the main characters in the in the universe if they really wanted to. Between Raven's battle with Trigon, his battle with Darkseid, and the Justice League kind of falling in the middle of all of that, yeah. it, it could have worked out. It could have been worked a little differently, but I understand that they wanted to highlight the Justice League, and they wanted to highlight our, their, their, their marketable characters, and they, they well, built more market out of Teen Titans, and now you have the Titans live-action show, which is building an, a, a cult following of people that really enjoy it. So... All, all said and done, I think Cyborg's mainstream exposure is definitely up to ticked as being a member of the Justice League, but I still harken back to you know Teen Titans. I like him better as a Titan, but it is what it is. Um, one thing that I will say about this whole movie, like I enjoyed it. I, I'm with yeah. you. You know, I, I would I would highly recommend it. Uh, you know, get the DC universe or go out and. Uh, you know, just do the free trial if you want next month, uh, yeah. because it'll be on there next month. Um, yeah. just to see this movie. But uh, as always, DC has their parachute yeah. of it's Barry's fault. Yeah. It's all Barry's fault. Flashpoint caused it. That's why Apocalypse is here. So I guess if I have any gripe about this, the it's whole always, it's always Barry's fault. Yeah, it's just they always go back and blame Barry. And like at some point. 
at some point you just have to accept like no this is this is just how things have happened it's yeah. it's not Barry's fault well they they <laughs> set it up in you know so apparently when when Tucker did Flashpoint and they were like in the midst of directing it he said that they came into him and said hey you need to make this movie fit for the for the start of the next universe like the next multiverse story so you know Barry going and doing what they I mean Flashpoint Paradox the movie does not it's it's close enough to the comic, but it it, it is separate in it, in, in its endings right. and things like that. But my point I'm making I'm trying to make here is is that you know I do agree DC uses has used Flashpoint all the way through these animated movies as the reason why everything is happening, and I agree. But it was a great ending because oh. it wipes the slate so clean to now whoever comes in to take over from Tucker and the cat and the crew. They they can do what they want to do. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because we're getting All Star Superman or, or Superman the Man of Tomorrow, whatever, whatever they're calling the next movie this year that's coming out later this year, and it's completely new. He's back in his red trunks. It's old school Superman, which is cool for me because, like I said, I'm a big I'm a big fan of the rebirth run of Superman and getting back to you know truth, justice in the American way. Right. So I'm excited for that because that means I'm probably going to get a new Batman animation style hopefully that hunkers back or even just give me the rebirth suit with the yellow outline i like that suit and obviously they went away from that in the comics too but went back to more of like a hush era bat suit but like i said i i i don't mind the barry allen blame game because it for so it's tough for marvel to rebirth re reboot their entire universe dc does it so often because we have the multiverse. Right. But with Rebirth, they combined a lot of Earths and did a lot of different things. And they kind of streamlined continuity back to like a normal, like this is the story. This is how time set up and, you know, this is it. I'm hoping they do that in the DC animated universe. But Barry's always going to be Barry. Barry's always going to remember that he did these things. So that's what makes Rebirth so great is that, you know, having to remember Wally West and do all that stuff and then... Dr. Manhattan and all that jazz in the comics um, playing into, like, this is why New 52 kind of happened and this is why Rebirth is happening. I think Barry remembering and, like, when you do a flash... They're going to do a flash animated movie. I would almost guarantee you we get a movie for each character Yeah, in the next in the two, three years um, that, that's going to all tie into one another. Um, but when they do the flash movie, it's going to be Barry remembering New 52... And having to fight to remember the stuff before New 52 or before the Flashpoint Paradox and not wanting, you know, people are going to say, well, Barry, why don't you just go? Well, I can't do that because when I do it, things go bad. Right. And like that's what happens in the comics right now. Like he, he's constantly in a personal fight. Like he knows he could go back and just end. Well, I mean, thawing. even in this, you know, yeah. he, he kind of was like, no, I, I promised Iris, you know, yeah, that, that I would never do this again. Um, but yeah, like I said, it's a tremendous movie, tremendous end to seven years, 15 movies. That's a long, long slate in, in, I mean, all the little tie in spinoff movies and things like that. They did a really good job of bringing all those characters in. And like I said, I mean, just the death scenes of like things happening, you're like, Oh, this is so good. Like, you know, like, like dark side crushing Oa and John Stewart, like trying, trying to get the one last uh, you know, one last hurrah in at the end before the, the, the battery is crushed. It, it's just so, so 
crazy. And like using Batman as like the general for Darkseid's army was like ingenious. And you get the thrill killer yeah. suit, right? No. What, what, what's the pop? No, it's not thrill killer. What's the pop? Because you got a. It's funny because you get a pop. There's a pop for that Batman suit before this movie's even made. And I don't. I don't. I mean, I have to hunker back and figure out where it is. And I think it's like Earth 22 or something, something along those lines for. For Funko, but like I said, it's the, just the red and black bat suit is so dope looking, and like I said, him fighting Damien and essentially killing Damien. Yeah, you know, like it just it's so like it's, it's a good movie. Um, like I said, my I give it a solid nine out of ten. It's a solid end to that run, and you know, thank you to James Tucker for yeah. a solid seven years. Hopefully, you know, whoever follows in your footsteps can. Can do the same thing. It's funny, you know. Tucker was the the director, producer, whichever one he was for Batman: Brave and the Bold, and I love. That's my of all the modern Batman animation TV shows. I've enjoyed that tremendously. I mean, you get a lot of JLA, you get a lot of Justice League. It's it's a good show. My daughter loves it. Um, like I said, you know, yeah. when the next one comes, that'll probably be the one I introduce. Batman to him and as they get older they'll get the animated series and then they'll get 66 and they'll get as, as their brains can comprehend certain things but you, so you naming him Bruce? No, nah, no nah. okay <laughs> um. <laughs> alright man well hey let's go ahead and wrap this one up um, and uh, you know we'll, I guess we'll start uh, planning for our next issue yeah um, like I said we, we, we have our spotlight issue coming out on Thursday um, it's going to be about the Joker um, with Joker war happening, things like that. We thought we'd stay topical. Um, if you uh, you enjoyed our takes today, if uh, make sure you like and subscribe to the podcast to keep up to date on our latest episodes. You can turn your notifications on through your settings. Um, if you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like us to take on in the future, shoot us a message on Twitter, IG, or reach out to us via email. Um, we have our Facebook uh, page set up too. Um, we're reachable through there. Um, if, uh, but yeah, I mean, you can hit us up on, on Twitter, uh, at DJI podcast, uh, Instagram, we're at dad's got issues, uh, podcast. So, um, yep. or you, yeah, you just search us up on Facebook by typing in dad's got issues podcast. We'll show up there. Yep. And we have, like I said, we have, a, we have an actual page now on Facebook. We also have a, a, a group page you can join, which we as individuals, moderate and interact with you guys so you have the benefit of that and um like i said you know we we hope you guys enjoyed the podcast uh i think you know we we really wanted to keep it shorter but i think we're probably going to be in this hour and 45 minute to two hour range so uh hopefully you can listen an hour into work and an hour coming back from work yeah or just uh just uh you know break it up you know and, and listen to it uh over um over the course of a couple of days, you know, whatever works for you. Um, but uh, we definitely appreciate you guys listening and uh, we'll, uh, we'll look forward to your feedback. And yeah, if there's anything you want us to do, uh, anything you want us to know, just, uh, just reach out. All right. All right. So uh, I guess let's, uh, we'll be signing off. Call and give it a hit, hit my music.